From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we're on the phone for the fans, the Bleed Blue Show, the Rink Podcast with Ranger Proud, and the Rangers win 5-2 over the Panthers. This is a statement win, ladies and gentlemen. This is a statement win. This is one of the ones you look at the, the calendar, the standings, the guys at the top of the divisions and conferences. This was a very, very good win. This actually makes up for the Carolina game. You know, you know how much I was bitching and moaning about that last week. But uh, we're going to talk about the game, of course. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I think, get everybody's thoughts on the ceremonies last week or last Friday. Uh, Henry Lunk was getting his number retired up in the rafters of Madison Square Garden. But let's get into it, man. I got to give one props. I want to say one thing, get everybody on because we don't want to be on here too late because people got things to do and stuff the next day and all, so on and so forth. But um, Ryan Strong. If that guy doesn't get three stars, not just because of the beautiful pass that he found Kreider on a power play goal, but also bringing the hands to the ice. I didn't know Kreider had a lot of boom-boom Mancini in him, man. He won that fight, man. That was attitude. And anybody not on this platform knocking Strom as far as toughness and second-line center this and that, Man, Ryan Strong, man, was my favorite player for tonight for sure. But RP, Ranger Proud, Forever Blue Shirts, Empire Sports Media. RP, say hello to the people, of course, on your platform, the Rick Podcast with Ranger Proud. We got Glenn with us. We got both Scots with us. What's up, RP? How you doing, man? And I know we want to talk about the great Henry Lundquist, man. Class act, of course, man. Oh, class act, of course. But really quick, great game tonight. That That's a big one going into the All-Star break. 30 games, 30 wins going into the All-Star break. I'll take that any time. That was a that's a solid win. But uh, you know, quickly back to the Lundquist ceremony. As always, the Garden did a great job, and it was great to see him get come back and get to say goodbye to everybody. I thought he was uh, he had said that was like the most important thing to him because he never got to say goodbye to the fans with the bubble and then the buyout and and everything that went through. So uh, it was a good night. You know, they did it as always. The Garden does a great job. They Took care of him, his family, everybody. It was great to see some of the other guys, Girardi and uh, and Callahan, had a lot of fun with him and and so forth. And of course the uh, the four legends that were able to make it there and Leach, Messier, <clears throat> Richter, and uh, Leach, Messier, Richter, and um and, and and Graves. Sorry, I'm off tonight, boys. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it. I thought they did a great job, and uh, it was well well learned. It was great to see that number go up. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's all the video tributes from all the former Rangers, like you said, with Callahan and Mark Stahl. Uh, those guys as well, with the, sh- the shout-outs and salutes, man. Let's get everybody on and have a discussion on uh, – I don't think there should be any complaining at this point right now. Not not from Rangers Town. Uh, you know, we, we were complaining about last week with Carolina game. I think that's kind of in the past right now. And, RP, I think we can agree to this before we get uh, – I want to bring on uh, Scott, Glenn Scott, and I believe Carl's with us. That um, Shesterkin, you know how I feel about Shesterkin. I think we all feel the same, but it's really more about as the game gets later into the deeper into the the second period, the third period. I'm more comfortable with him in that. Like that's my attitude. I don't worry. I don't. I'm not worried, dude. 
I'm not. That's that's why. I, no. That's the reason why I was pissed off about last week. Like in a big game. <laughs> this is a big game. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think. Uh, well, I think the team plays horrible, other than just Durkin in the first period. Tonight they they had a very nice bounce back. Um, you know, Steve, I like their aggressiveness. They they took some punches. They threw some punches. More like last season, these guys didn't back down from the, the confrontations. They they challenged themselves, and I think they all started rallying together. You know, and really quick, there was I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter today. A few NHL executives whose names were not released were asked about the Rangers, and a lot of them said they're only playing well because of Chesterkin. They're not a good <laughs> team overall. And to me, that was all bulletin board material. You know that that shit screwed up on lockers. It was yeah, they didn't say they didn't say who said it. I think I retweeted it on my page. They didn't say who who said it. It was just labeled as NHL executives and what they thought of the Ranger wow. team. I don't know. The Norris Trophy winners on the team, the NHL leading goal scorers on the team. You got Panarin, Zibanejad. You got Lafreniere starting to come around. You got Jacob Trubis, who has playing the best hockey as a Ranger since he's been traded. I don't know what these other teams are looking at, but if this isn't playoff-ready team and, and a solid group of hockey players, and I think those executives need to get their eye checked because this is these guys are going to be gelling at the right time if they play the way they play tonight. Let them keep bad-mouthing us because I think the team is just going to bond together even more once the All-Star break is over and really start playing hockey. I was about to say something, RP, but I am not trying to jinx it. I'm not having Rangers Town and Rangers Twitter come after the Bleed Blue show. I was about to say some really positive <laughs> shit about the Rangers, but let's hold off on that. Let's get everybody on. Glenn, say hello. We're going to lead off with you. Glenn, say hello. Just say hello to people real quick. We're going to get everybody on. How you doing, sir? Hello. <laughs> Shout out to Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America, uh, Scotty B, man. Oh, go ahead, Glenn. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you no, saying? No, I was doing uh, – the only thing I'll throw in is I think today's uh, tonight's game kind of changed the attitude a little bit because I was feeling a little ornery after the last three. Uh, a couple of two-goal leads lost, that terrible effort, uh, although they got the win on Sunday. Uh, if they had lost tonight, we'd probably all be steaming. But uh, I, I think the the, uh, the game tonight and the effort kind of turned everybody's attitude around. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All right, Scotty B, Captain America, the Joker, man. What's up, dude? How's everything, man? Say hello real quick, and then we get to everybody else. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Not bad, man. Not bad. Uh, Your boy did it again tonight. Two goals. (laughs) (laughs) My boy, yeah. I'll tell you what. You know know what I love about this game? Not only, of course, beating the best team in the league, but the third period. you know, as we mentioned, the Rangers, no matter who the coach was, no matter what the era, they have two things in common. One, slow starts, and two, sitting back on their heels when they have a third-period lead. And Florida's the most dangerous team in the league. They torched them twice. The previous two times we played them, they, they, they scored three third-period goals. And, you know, just typical Rangers hockey is just to, you know, lean on the goalie and hope you get out of there with a win. They didn't do that tonight. They took it right back in Florida's face. They outshot them 13-9 to in the third period, and they did not give that dangerous Florida team really any breathing room and ended up uh, extending the lead and getting uh, that clincher with four minutes left. Of course, the empty netter, and it was very nice to see that. Uh, that that's just quality coaching right there. That That's the difference when you have a great coach 
um, in that he knew what they were dealing with in Florida, knew what they were dealing with in the third period in that team. And uh, the Rangers just did not give them any breathing room. And um, and it was, it was just really great to see because that's just not typical Rangers hockey. And it was, it was just a beautiful third period to watch. Oh, it really was. It really was. We're going to get more thoughts on that, man. I'm excited, man, to talk with you guys on this. Scotty, the other Scott was with us. Scott, what's up, man? Scotty Nice, man. The Rangers win, bro. Yo. (laughs) That was was a solid win. That was definitely a solid win. That was probably top three best games I've watched them play this season. That that defense, we, we stood up to them. We shut that offense down. I mean, it was what what's more it I mean, what more can you say? It was a solid team effort and solid goaltending. I mean, Igor in night in, night out. I wouldn't want anybody else in that net. Nope. Uh as far as the uh whole Henrik Lundquist Yep. Just fitting ceremony for the king. Very just a very fitting ceremony. Yeah, it was fantastic last Friday, man. Um, and I know we didn't get the win, but uh, just the fact that yeah. all that energy and what he brings to the table. We have a Lundquist situation on our hands right now currently. I think Shesterkin's on a Lundquist type of role right now. But we'll talk about I it. I 100%, 100% agree with that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, man. shout out to Scotty. Nice is joining with us. And, of course, is this Carl with us at the C-Notes? Some Rangers hockey? Who's it? Hey, a pleasant good evening, Steve. Good to talk to you and good to talk to everybody uh, again. We'll check in just be as we uh, reach just beyond the halfway point, but it was a great victory tonight and uh, hopefully more uh, after they come back from this uh, two-week break coming up here. Yeah, definitely, Carl, man. It's good to hear from you talking on the hockey. Um, we could go back to – and we'll get, to, we'll get any of your thoughts when we go back around. And, RP, we could, uh, if you want to add anything else, I, I want to say mm-hmm. one quick thing. I thought that Lafreniere goal, Lafreniere goal was real good, man. I thought it showed a lot of confidence. And the announcers kind of said that. It was a confidence booster, him on that first line playing left wing. Um, and I know – I would even say Ranger fans is beginning on him because the output of Kreider and Panarin and Zabinja, everybody's been stepping it up a notch and Adam Fox. And that's another thing. No Adam Fox, and we still got the job done. So um, your thoughts, RP, anything else you'd like to add? But I think Alexei Lafayette had an excellent game uh, tonight. I think, he's, you know, he's, he's trying out there, but anything else you'd like to add? And then we go right down the line to Glenn, Scott, Scott, and Carl. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's playing great on that line. I, I think Gallant addressed the whole line juggling situation thing, you know, with – with Kako and Heedle out and, you know, and some other things. He, he would rather just more or less go with the same four lines as they were earlier and keep, you know, keep winning, winning and playing good hockey. But right now he's not able to do that. But he believes truly that when they return after the All-Star break and this little schedule glitch that they have going right now that he's supposed to be rolling with four lines again. Um, you know, i got to tell you, Hayek didn't play great, but he isn't playing bad. But they're going to have to find a, a fifth defenseman either via trade or or somewhere else because I don't know if Hayek and Jones, as well as they've played and as well as Jones's look, is going to be that third-line pairing that you can go into the playoffs with. Uh, other than that, Steve Daffanelli-Kett just tweeted it out, Beth, 30-13-4 at the All-Star break. Any more questions? 
He's 100% <laughs> right. I mean, they're, they're just having a great season. However it winds up and whatever's going, you, you can't really – well, Ranger fans can always argue things, but you have to be happy with where the team stands right now going into this all-star break. You know, it's going to be a long layoff. I think they're going out 13 days without a game. But, damn, it been, it's been the hockey we wanted, right, Steve? Competitive every night for the most part. They play hard. Now they're starting to show some real grit and fight in their game. They overcame some adversity, blowing those two-goal leads and losing two out of three games. And then you get a game like tonight when you're like, everything didn't go their way. They earned everything they got tonight. And they really, if midway through the first period, started out play the Panthers, who've just been such a high-scoring team all season long, to only give up two. You've got to be really impressed with that. Yeah, that third period defense was fantastic, man. I To be honest, and I was kind of like on Scott's uh, thought process with Florida because they could score. I mean, you saw what they did to us when we went down to um, Broward County, Florida, and they put it on us in the third period in that game. And they've been doing that to teams all year, and I even was at a game oh, yeah. when they did that. But but I I was really shocked the way the, how defensively and they did a good job having Keandre Miller back there because his long arms was poke checking the stuff away. It's really got them not really getting to the floor of their offensive group in their, in their offensive zone. So yeah, yeah. Hey, RP, thanks on that. Um, Glenn, anything you would like to th- you know you know on this game or Henrik Lundqvist, uh, you know even losing to the Wild, but a trap game on Sunday versus the Kraken, but got past them and. This was the game I was looking forward to since the Carolina game. What was your thoughts? Well, you know, I mean, uh, every time I watch Florida lately, it seems like they're winning 4 nothing or 5-1 at the end of the first period. So I thought it was very encouraging that it was 1-1 at the end of the first. Um, you know, although the Rangers played well, but they didn't play great. I think they got better again as the game went on. Um, one thing I will say you mentioned about Shesterkin is, yeah, I, I have as much confidence in him right now as I ever did in Henrik. I mean, I feel good uh, mm. with, with this team with a one-goal lead in the third period. Uh, and uh, one thing he's got that uh, we didn't have with Henrik, as great as he was, is it's nice to have a goalie that can really handle the puck. Uh, that, that one that one play, on, uh, I mm. think the Rangers were on a power play, when uh, he knocked it down with his blocker and uh, – and uh, threw it up the ice when uh, Florida was trying to change their their two defensemen. Um, you know, it, we haven't really had that. Richter really wasn't that way. Henrik wasn't that way. Um, so I think it's really nice, to, uh, an added bonus, that we got a goalie that can actually do a good job uh, handling the puck as well. So, um, you know, that's uh, more kudos to him. Uh, as far as the Henrik thing, uh, I mean, it, it, the Garden does a great job with, the, with those retirements, every single one. Um, you know, even the network, uh, you know, played a couple of his uh, classic games. I, I thought the, the interview with Valaket was great. Um, you know, so that was that was really a, 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 a big night for, for the organization and for the fans and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I know we wanted to keep playing. And, uh, you know, I was kind of disappointed when he uh, signed with Washington. I didn't want to see him in another uniform, and I certainly didn't want to see uh, you know, what happened to him that he wasn't able to play for Washington. But, you know, when I thought back at the sight of, uh, you know, Graves playing for San Jose and Leachy in a, in a Toronto in a Boston uniform, um, you know, guys like that, that really, to me personally, that hurt. And uh, it would have been tough watching Henrik uh, in another uniform. So, 
Uh, you know, thankfully he's healthy. Everything worked out with that. But I'm glad that uh, uh, he didn't wind up playing with another team because uh, a guy like him deserved to be a, a lifetime Ranger and, and an only Ranger. And I thought that it just uh, turned out the way it should have. All right, cool. Let's jump to Scotty B, man. What's your thoughts, man, on, you know, the Heron Lundquist retirement, even though we lost it a while, but a nice, uh, you know, grind out win versus the Kraken. But tonight was the one we were looking for, man, and we got it, man. This was a very good win. I know the league has been watching. I know Colorado's been on a roll, but, I mean, the Rangers are right there, Scott. What's your thoughts? And then we'll go to the other Scott and then Carl. Yeah, this was uh, yeah, definitely a, a nice send-off to the All-Star break. Absolutely. We we'll, uh, should have uh, Adam Fox back when we, uh, when we begin. Um, with regards to what was just said uh, about not wanting to see him go to Washington in another uniform, I'm actually – I was okay with that. In fact, I was all in favor of it uh, because obviously – Obviously, he wasn't going to win a cup with the Rangers. You know, come 2018, you know, we knew that that was a done deal. You know, it was kind of like, you know, it kind of reminded me of the Ray Bork situation. You know, lifelong Bruin, they they went to crap. He requested a trade to a contender, went to Colorado, raised the cup. You know, if you guys remember that beautiful uh, ceremony when Joe Sackick takes the cup, doesn't even raise it just skates it right over to Ray Bork and he's the first one to raise it. Um, So I was actually kind of hoping for something like that. I mean, Washington is nowhere near on the, uh, you know, on our shit list as, as like, you know, it's not like you went to the Islanders, Devils, Flyers, Penguins, et cetera. I think Washington is on, is not on that same level. So I was actually, you know, hoping that he might get his hands on the cup with them. But of course, obviously it wasn't meant to be, but if you, did not were not in favor of him wearing another uniform. I certainly respect that as well. Um, that being said, yeah, like like, like everybody said, the, the Garden did a phenomenal job. Um, but I got I got to give a little bit of an old man rant here. Um, you know who did not do an, a, a phenomenal job that night was was the uh, the quote unquote fans that were there. And we've talked in the past, you know, I've gone on rants about how it's not the same garden because of the price of tickets, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and it's just gone from disappointing, but to just downright disgusting. I was disgusted by what I heard and saw in that building on, um, uh, on Friday. Uh, first of all, during the ceremony, anybody else noticed, uh, I'm sure it was just one or two guys, but just a couple of people just were screaming during his speech. They just wouldn't stop screaming. Like, let the man yeah. talk. Let the man give his retirement speech. I was furious at that. I mean, like, like you know, if, if this was, well, first of all, in the old days of the garden, you wouldn't hear that. But if you did, somebody would have, like, thrown a beer at him or, you know, just scream and shut the, you know, just shut up. I, I, I couldn't comprehend what I was hearing there. So that was one. Uh, and of course, you know, throwing things on the ice at the end when, when they, when they ruled it no goal, um, you know, absolutely unacceptable, disgraceful. I mean, you know, Ranger fans, you know, the old blue seats were always known for screaming obscenities and, you know, being rude and being drunk, but, you know, we drew the line at throwing crap on the ice. So that was two. And, the, the, and three, the, the Zuccarello thing, I mean, it, that was annoying when he was on the team. You know, <laughs> you know, I guess the equivalent, you know, back in our day was Booga Boom, you know, but we didn't scream mm-hmm. Book every time he had the puck. You know, you, you say it when he, when he scored a goal or whatnot or had a great play or a fight. I mean, you know, it, it was it, – it's just ridiculous. And it's, it's these young 
you, you know, like like people that are in there for the first time, like, first of all, like I said, it was annoying when he was on the team, like, and he's been off the team for three years, and they're screaming his name every time he touches the puck, and then he scores a goal and ruins Hank Knight. Like, is that what you wanted? Are you happy now? <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> I mean, and, and let's talk about Zuccarello. I mean, no offense, because we did love the guy, but, you know, 36 ain't going to the rafters. I mean, who is this guy? He's not, you know, he's a, he's a guy with a great work ethic and great heart. Yeah, we all like him, and he overachieved because of his height. But, I mean, we're talking about a 45-point-a-year guy who's not going to the rafters, who doesn't have, like, you know, one of those, like, Messier, Matteau, Leach, you know, epic goals in Ranger history that, you you know, you can pinpoint, you know, any of those guys who had one of those just legendary Ranger goals. He never had one of those. Um, you know, and I don't mean to bash the guy because of the fans, because, yes, we did like him. But, you know, he's gone three years, and he's not a legend. Get over it. I mean, just all – oh, God, I was just so dis- – I was actually glad that I was not in the building that night because I was just disgusted by what I saw and heard from those quote-unquote, you know, new fans, the noobs, as I like to call them. That's a video gaming term, if you guys don't know it. All right, that's all yeah, I got yeah. on that. Hold on. Yeah, you know, Scott, <laughs> I got to agree with you, Scott. I, I, I was wishing they would stop showing him on the bench because even, like, during the, cemetery, uh, the, the ceremony – they kept showing them, and the crowd kept going, zoo, zoo. I was like, come on, I'm going to enjoy the ceremony. I don't need this. You're absolutely right, Scott. Yeah. I, I forgot to bring that up. You're right. Yeah, I mean, was it, was it Henrik Lundqvist night or Matt Zuccarello night? Like, pick one. It can't be both. It's both. It's both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Scott. Let's go to the other Scott. Bring him on. Scotty Nice, man. What's up, man? Um. Your thoughts on the, you want to expound on the uh, Lundqvist uh, ceremony last week or last Friday and or the cracking game? I thought it was a nice uh, bounce back goal by Keandre Miller late in that game after the mistake he had. And then tonight, man, um, wherever you want to go, right into the All Star race. This is good stuff, man. Good, right into the All Star race. Yeah, I mean it's 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 been an extremely great season so far. I I can't complain about it. The boys playing good. Yeah, they got their off nights, but it's going to happen. You know, it's a long season. Uh, as far as uh, the Hank Knight goes, I don't know. I I have to disagree with the, whoever was just talking, but I'm 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 an old old school fan, <laughs> and I've been watching the Rangers a long time, and I don't know. I think Zeke deserved that. I was uh, Hank's best friend, and I mean, you saw the emotion in Hank when he that after the game that night. It, I don't know. It's just Zook is is a ranger. I think that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Okay, okay. What what are your thoughts on um, even on tonight's game, or if you want to go back to what happened at the end of the Wild game? <sighs> With the controversial, with the with the refs uh, pulling it back with the goal or anything with the Seattle game on Sunday, I mean, anything like that. The replay was clear and evident. I mean, yeah, you can see his his pad getting pushed in. It is what it is. Can't change it. You know, we're gonna have our 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 good calls and bad calls. It's part of the season. It happens. Um, I mean. 
Yeah, I guess after watching the replay up close, it was definitely not a goal. I mean, I'm not going to not going to shortchange it. It was a goal. It sucks. We lost. You know, that, that should have been one that night. But it happens, and just got to move on from it. They've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just shut down. You sh- you just shut down the top scoring offense in the league tonight. Shut them down. It wasn't even. It wasn't that third period. They they just they shut them down. This team is built for the playoffs. We are going into the playoffs, and I can see this team making a deep run. Scott's on that positive chat talk. I'm talking about RP. Oh, yes, I am. I'm there. RP, I'm already on the train. I already got my ticket. I already sat down in my seat, man. I'm ready. (laughs) RP, I'm ready. I am ready. I hear you. Um, Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. let's go to Carl and get his thoughts, man. Carl, I mean, halfway through the season, uh, it's been a fantastic ride for the Blue Shirts. Uh, Anything you'd like to talk about, either – these past games are just up into the season to this point. Any player in particular, feel free to fire away, bro. Uh, floor is yours, sir. If only Zook's last name was Smith, folks wouldn't be acting like that at the Garden. I'm convinced. <laughs> Every time he showed up, this has happened. So that's, 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 that's my feeling. His, his, just his name alone puts him in the fan <laughs> hall of fame, basically. That's essentially how I've, how I've come to that conclusion um, over it time. Is. Uh, as far as the ceremony goes, hey, listen, the garden for, 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 you know, for what a lot of us may think about, you know, the folks that run it and stuff like that, they do about as good a job as any, um, any entity in terms of those type of, of, of ceremonial moments. Um, they, it's, it's top notch. It's A plus all the way. Except for what you heard in the stands. Cause even the first two times I heard it, I was just like, wait, wait, what's going on? And then I kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is not really happening, is it? And so I know Hank had to sort of just take it in stride, but, you know, the Garden, they, they, they give them credit. They always seem to, to up their game and, and make those things um, and make those things about as top quality uh, as you can get. Um, it was mentioned earlier. I forgot who mentioned it. It was about – I know the story that was being referenced. Uh, because it's a, it's a question that I've actually been asking myself uh, as I've been watching the games this season. And I've been asking myself, I said, are the Rangers really as good as, as, as the record indicates? And the idea for that comes to be is that, and it happens in hockey a lot with certain teams. The last team I can think about that this happened to is a, if I take the last like full season where a regular schedule was played was the Calgary Flames of like three years ago, where they played the season. They record-wise, they looked really good, but there were some underlying things that were bubbling up that doesn't over 82 games show up, but it does show up in a five or a seven-game series, and that's basically what the question is, right? So that's that's where the, that's where the essence of the story come, came from in terms of are the Rangers as good as the record indicates? And basically, what the story is, is saying is that underlying the record. If you watch them five-on-five statistically, they're not as good um, compared to the other teams in the league. And it also mentioned about what the record was against other quote-unquote playoff contenders. I think the record was like going in tonight, I think it was like 9-11-1, I think was the number. It's 10-11 and now, but you know what I mean. 
And then the other th- the third thing that they mentioned, there was probably like two other things, but the three things that I caught was were those two and the amount of high danger shots that the Rangers defensively allow. Like if you watch the game tonight, on one of the goals that, that Florida scored, um, I forgot the guy's name. He came across the line. Basically, um, there was like there was no uh, containment, and right off the shot and the rebound, boom, goal, like instantly. And I was watching. I'm like, that was the like, power that play. Could have been that was the power play goal. Okay. Scored, yeah. Off the post, off yeah. the back, and then they they took the rebound in. Yeah, and that play when I saw it happen, I was just like, ugh, could that could that play have been contained a little bit better than that? Just. A free entry right into the zone, like that, like those kind of things that you just you see, and it's just like, all right, you just sort of just file that away. And so the idea comes now in a postseason series, right? We've Igor's perhaps the you know the MVP of the league. For the if if you took a vote right now, he might get it, or it's, or at least top three. And the idea is is that okay, Igor is susceptible to a bad week. It could happen. It's possible it happens, and sometimes it just stays. You know, things just kind of go that way. And can the Rangers be in a situation where if that were to happen, can the rest of the team overcome that? Because we saw this with Hank all those years, where he would play so well but never got any help. And my fear is that are we trying to over-rely on Igor to be so great where a situ- or in a seven-game series, let's just say he has, you know, a good but not a spectacular series. Can the rest of the team back him up, make up for – and we've seen it with great teams. I, I watched living in Chicago and watching the, the Blackhawks for those years. Corey Crawford had a number of series where he was just not good. But the rest of the team made up for the fact that he wasn't, you know, good in that particular series or, or group of games. And so – that's the, that's the issue that I think is, is sort of, you know, blind this as we look ahead. It's like, okay, the Rangers don't score as many goals as we, you know, I think like 15th in the league. But they have we, – we name the players. Kreider, we talk about all, you know, Panarin, you know, all the other guys. We say, okay, wait a second. They, they have guys that score, but they don't seem statistically to score as much as they should be. So is that by design? Is that – is there something that in the system that's causing this to happen? Like, you know, this should be a team that perhaps scores, you know, three and a half goals a game, but they score, I think it's 2.9. I think they showed the graphic tonight. So it's like, okay, how do, how do we address this? Is that, is this something that's going to come to a head eventually? And I think, Oh, I forgot. Somebody was just mentioned about the defensive depth. And I think that's the one thing at the trade deadline that has to be addressed because I think going forward, you're going to need to have six goals. Defense, but you can't get away with four, four and a half. You, you just, you just can't. You know, you eventually get exposed, and and once you get exposed in that fashion, you you, you can't win. And so I'll just throw it out to everybody else. Does everybody else sort of come to the idea that we, are we having this situation where we are going to just rely on Igor to carry us, or is he going to get some help goals wise from the team and not rely on basically? You know, a power play, uh, 25% rate, and Igor just stopping everything in front and just trying to ride that out as opposed to sort of a more balanced five-on-five. All right, get your power play goals here and there. Have the defense tighten up, and then if Igor needs to make a a stop here or a stop there or even have one or two games in a a seven-game series, you know, win it for you, but not try to 
you know, put all your all your eggs in one basket. I can answer that real quick before the RP. There's a difference between the regular season. You're going to win on the hot goalie. That's just how it goes. You're going to win on on special teams. You're not going to have these six four games often, these seven three games often, as you go deeper and deeper into the playoffs. That's why everyone's believing or thinking the Rangers are stacked for the playoffs. They're going to have the hot goalie. They're going to have the top four defensemen are going to carry them. They're going to have at least, you hope, three solid lines to go with. You can't complain with the Rangers scoring. They're not scoring a lot of goals because they go through these long periods of not taking shots because they're too fancy with their passing plays. Like the other night with that gorgeous tic-tac-toe play, they, they set up and scored. They try that too often. Once they keep the game simple and the shots on goal go from 21 to 22 a game to – 35 and 37 a game, then you're going to see them all goals scored again. So I, I think that the problem, the Rangers isn't so much, at least in the article that I saw today, it wasn't so much about their scoring. It was an overall view from executives of what they thought about the Rangers. And for some of them to say the Rangers aren't a good team, I just thought was a farce. They've been in the top three in the division the entire season. They've played not great hockey at times, but no one has played great hockey at times. Everyone's had their peaks and valleys. No one's really running away in the NHL this season. So I don't think I, – I shouldn't say I don't think. Sometimes I'm not a big stats guy. I'm a big analytical guy. Cause to me, you do your job on the ice, whether you're expected to win, expected to score. To me, that doesn't matter. What matters is did you win and did you score? So I, I think a lot of that gets lost, and that's me being old school. But it, it, from what you were just saying now, the only thing I – not that I disagree with, I, I think this team is definitely built for a seven-game series. I think they're showing their toughness. I think their scoring is going to be there. I do think they need to make a trade for another defenseman. You're not going to get two defensemen in, in, uh, by the trade deadline, so you're going to have to go with a rookie somewhere, and the team sort of accepted that from the beginning of the season. So that's the game plan. They still need another top six forward, and we still haven't answered the question, is Gorgiev the backup goalie? Those have been the same three questions since the season started. Okay, let me let me answer that question real quick, and then we can go to Glenn and get his thoughts on Carl's question. And my answer is to rely on Shesterkin. I'm going to say not as much as we did all those years with Lundqvist. I think those Tortorella teams, the AV teams, were more defensive-minded. They were kind of designed to be really grind-out defensive teams, with, uh, especially with uh, Girardi and Callahan and those guys were back there. Uh, to play defense and rely on everything with Lundqvist ahead of us, uh, you know, ahead of them, and and kind of the reason why we lost to the Kings in the, in the finals because we couldn't score, but we we kind of kept the Kings off the board a lot. It was a lot of one goal games, and that was the formula for that team. Where I think this team is more well rounded. We may not put up a lot of goals, but we play good situational defense, and even we've been bad on faceoffs pretty much majority of the year. It seems like this season, what we've won key faceoffs late in games. Uh, so there was, you know, we got to improve on that as well as far as puck possession. I would say I'm actually okay with the defenseman, and I'm with you, RP, and, and you, Carl. Add another defenseman, veteran, 
it's never no roster is really going to be perfect with the salary cap uh, structure the way the NHL is designed. But as far as balance of offense, and I, and I asked a question uh, last week, I think Carl, I might have to ask you the same thing. Get your thoughts when we get back to you about Kreider. Can he keep this up? And honestly, he, he, he keeps he keeps he keeps on keeping it up. He, he keeps on putting up the point production since uh, I asked that question. Glenn, you want to uh, answer that question? Then we go to Scott as far as uh, what Carl said or Carl asked. Yeah, I mean, I think Carl made some great points. Uh, you know, I mean, we all know that, you know, a hot goal in the playoffs can carry a team. Uh, um, and usually it's special teams uh, that make the difference as well. Um, you know, this is a this is a young team, but if you look down the roster, there, there's a lot of guys on it that have played, uh, you know, a substantial amount in the playoffs. Um, guys like Trubas, Amanajad, Strom, Kreider, uh, Panarin, I'm not as worried. You know, we talk about this being a young team that oh, they're they're just going to get overwhelmed by the uh, by the playoffs. Um, I would like to see them pick up another uh, solid defensive defenseman. Um, you know, I'll go way back and say, all right, we won the cup with uh, Doug Lidster and Karpatsev and Jay Wells as our uh, uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth defenseman. Uh, and actually, Lidster did a great job in Game Seven. But uh, I would like to see them shore up uh, that third defensive pairing. I'm not sure that I'm confident with a Lundqvist or a, a Zach Jones or uh, even Hayek uh, in those roles in the playoffs because, uh, you know, we know the the, uh, the games get tighter. There's a lot of 3-2, two, 2-1 two, games where the difference is a, a big penalty kill or, or a power play goal, um, you know, one bad play. Uh, uh, a two-on-one, a breakaway, uh, you know, some kind of defensive breakdown, and that's the difference in uh, in, in a lot of playoff games. The, the checking gets tighter, the hits get harder, uh, the referees, depending on what the NHL wants to do, lets things go a little bit more. Uh, so it's going to be a totally different environment for this team once we uh, get down the stretch and, and get into the playoffs. Um the one thing about Shesterkin, and uh, I mean, honestly, I think this team is more talented than those teams that played in front of Henrik Lundqvist if you go up and down the roster. I think this is a more talented team. Uh, and a lot of those times we did have to depend on Henrik uh, to pull out those one nothings, those 2-1s. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this team is a little other than that, the one thing, and I've mentioned this since uh, October, that I'm concerned about with Shesterkin is he's never played a ton of games in a season. And, uh, you know, although I agree he's an MVP candidate, he's a, a Vezina candidate, I'm just worried about what we're going to see as the season drags on. The, the one good thing uh, about this Olympic uh, stretch here is Maybe he gets the two weeks off. He gets to kind of refresh. Uh, they've just got a handful of games the whole month, and maybe, you know, March is almost like October again, where he's recharged his batteries and, uh, you know, he can he can go on a long playoff run. But that's, that's the one thing I'm worried about. Uh, like I think Carl mentioned, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he has a bad week, and if he does, then we all go home. But I'm just worried about uh, the fact that he's – never played, I don't know, 39 games or something like that in a whole season in the KHL. Uh, and he hasn't done that yet here either. So 
that's my concern with him going in the playoffs. But I'm hoping this this kind of layoff in February will kind of recharge everything for him and we can start fresh. Okay, let's get Scott's thoughts on that. Uh, Scott, you like to uh, answer Carl's question, and then we can go back to, or anybody has anything else to say after that, then we can go back to Carl. Yeah, no, that, that's that's the golden question. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, when we first started, that's been the Rangers' mantra pretty much forever. You know, even even the '94 team that 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 run. Remember, um, I, I was actually trying to look up the box score of that game six, uh, game seven against the Devils, uh, to see if they were outshot in the third period. I could not find the shots for the period in the few minutes. But again, the, the Rangers had a one nothing lead in the third period, uh, going into the third period, couldn't add to it, and you know, obviously, we all know who, how that went. And then game seven, Vancouver. They had a two-goal lead going into the third. Uh, Vancouver cut it to one, and, you know, Vancouver just poured it on. So even with that mm-hmm. Ranger team, you know, that was just, uh, you know, played back and, old hope, you know, pray to God that Richter could, you know, get this. So, you know, they they even did it, it, it with, with that great team that won the Cup. They did it all through Lundqvist's career. Um, so, you know, we just hope that they don't do it. Uh, and that's why tonight was so encouraging, uh, because they, you know, they stuck it to the, uh, you know, the most dangerous third period team, pretty much most dangerous offense in the league. Uh, you know, they showed, you know, Gallant said, you know, let's not let them walk all over us and not rely on Igor. So, you know, it was just one game. Sure. Um, but let's hope that the way that they played tonight, protecting that, not, not even protecting, uh, they, they didn't protect the one goal lead. They, they went out and made it a three goal lead. So let's hope that that is a sign of things to come, um, you know, down the stretch and especially come playoff time so they can get Igor that help. You know what this game reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, Game six against Montreal, 2014, the Eastern Conference Finals, the game that they closed it out. Uh, they had that, they, Dominic Moore scored that second period goal. That was the only goal of the game. But the third period, they did not sit back and they absolutely suffocated uh, Montreal in that third mm-hmm. period. I don't know the shots offhand, but I'm pretty sure that it was single digit shots for Montreal in the third period. Now, the Rangers obviously did not add to the lead, but they didn't give Montreal an inch. To uh, to try and tie that game in the third period, so uh, you, you know it's you never you, we don't know we we don't know we can just but that's definitely a good point that's definitely something that you know we just hope it doesn't come to that because you know like we talked about last week you know the 2012 2014 2015 teams. I think Lundqvist made those teams look better than they actually were. And I think they were, mm-hmm. you know, exposed after the fact mm-hmm. for having maybe overachieved because they relied too much on Lundqvist and because mm-hmm. they couldn't give him that help when, um, you know, when a series was, was, you know, the series that they lost all three of those years, the Devils, uh, the Kings, and then Tampa, um, in those pivotal games, they could not get Lundqvist that help uh, to either, you know, win the game or tie the game. Um, and, and, you know, they fell short all three of those years. So um, let, let's, you know, let, let, I just can't stress enough how tonight was a great sign of Gallant uh, not doing something that we've seen for decades 
<laughs> um, you know, in, in relying on, on your top-notch goalie to, uh, to try and close it out. So we can only hope that uh, tonight is a sign of things to come down the stretch. Okay. Um, Carl, anything else you'd like to add? And also my question, uh, we were talking about it last week, and I would like to get your thoughts, man, as far as Kreider. And he's kind of been on the tear. This is his best season, period. So can you keep it up after the All-Star break? Uh, do you think, you know, you're a big analytical stat guy, oh, and you know Kreider just like we all know him. And what are your thoughts as far as his progression after the All-Star break? Where do you think this can go? Because I think this is kind of a surprise even for me. I mean, I think it's a surprise for all of us, you know, what he's doing this season. You know, I have not had a, ch- <clears throat> a chance to take a look at a chart of where all of his goals this season are coming from. And I need to compare that to each of his prior, let's just say, three years. <clears throat> and I can make an, a conclusion based on that and say, okay, because it looks like the way I've been watching the game season, it seems as if, and it's something I've been screaming about for, for, for years. I don't know if you guys have. Um, about Kreider just being closer to the net. I'm like, bro, you're mm-hmm. six three, six four, two thirty. Get in front of the you know, and it, it never seemed to happen on a consistent basis. At least to me, it didn't. And this year, it seems like he's getting a lot of deflections, a lot of tips, a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, front net traffic where he is right there on the doorstep to make those plays, as opposed to being, you know, five, seven, nine, ten feet out. Trying to trying to you know you know sh- you know shoot his way uh, to, to glory, and I feel like that subtle change has made an incredible difference for him this season. And if he can continue to stay in that area, the puck is going to find him as long as it gets on net, and he'll mm-hmm. continue to get his deflections. But I, I need to I need to see a chart specifically. I I, I know that I know the guy that does that, that does the chart, so I'm going to be able to take a look at mm-hmm. it, find it, and then be able to make a conclusion off that. All right, cool, cool. Uh, let's uh, let's go around for final thoughts and get everybody's thoughts. Uh, we've got two weeks. We won't be back. Well, actually, we will be back on next Tuesday anyway to talk hockey after the All Star break, round the league stuff like that. Uh, bigger the video episode. We'll be on video talk. So, uh, Glenn, let's get your thoughts and go to Scott, and then Carl, and then of course RP and his articles uh, and information forever. Blue shirts and Pirate Sports Media. Uh, Glenn, let's get some final thoughts, man. Uh, anything with the blue shirts? Feel free to shout it out, man. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Scott, uh, empirically from watching the games, I would say that Kreider's 32 goals have traveled about 100 feet cumulatively. Um, I, 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 you know, and, but, but that gives me confidence that this can continue because he's getting those dirty goals in front. You know, a lot of, a lot of players, they, they, they go into slumps, they lose their shot if they're dependent on a slap shot or uh, their wrist shot or whatever, and sometimes they go into slumps. Um, we're not seeing as many of Kreider kind of, you know, uh, flying down the left wing and, and teeing off. Uh, most of his goals are coming from the front. So, you know, and, and I've been as frustrated with him as anybody in the last 10 years. But this year, the, the way he's scoring goals leads me to believe that this can continue. Um uh, as far as, as far as the team at this point in the season, hey, I, you know, we thought this was going to be an improved team this year. I think we were more considering that they were going to be uh, kind of uh, in contention for, you know, the 7-8 spot, uh, you know, and maybe get closer to, uh, uh, you know, the top three in the division. But 
probably that they'd be coming in on the little more of the fringe of the playoffs to be where they are right now. I don't think any of us could have foreseen it. And, uh, you know, I, I with the goaltending, with uh, Crowder's play, with Fox's play, Zabanajad, the way he's he's come up. Uh, Steve, you mentioned Strom at the beginning. You know how I feel about him from last year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this team is going to continue to be uh, fighting for, you know, the top spots in the in the Metro division. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. So, um, I think it's it's a good time. This rest, they can, you know, heal up. They can have some practices. They can work on some of the things they need to work on, and uh, just come right out of the shoot uh, toward the end of the month and right through uh, the end of the season. Glenn, it's good talking with you, man. Your boy Strong, he, man, he showed out tonight, man. It was beautiful you know pass. I love him, Steve. The fight. You no, know I love him. Yes, you do. That's yes, right. You do. Yeah. I've been cheering him on all night, man, on Twitter and also on the book, man. Shout out to uh, Glenn, man. Scott, your your final thoughts, man. Uh, you got to be a happy Boosters fan. And uh, everything you got to say, final thoughts, and then we get the call, and then we go to RP. Um, yeah, I'll just rehash the uh, <laughs> the, the Crider yeah. praise. I mean, surely he, he has well earned it. Uh, you know, it's funny. I saw a couple of people on Facebook today use the term uh, breakout year. And I'm like, come on. Like, you don't have a breakout year in your 10th year. I'm like, he just learned how to play every night. Breakout mm-hmm. year. But, no, I mean, um, no, I, what, what can you say? He found the niche. You know, that, that in front of the net, you know, he found the niche. And he's he's utilizing that size. Uh, you know, the, the, you can't just get you, the, you can't just clear him out of there. You can't, and like, you know, without taking a penalty, you can't just clear him out uh, of that spot. It's you know, it's like similar to like Ovechkin on that circle. Like you know, it's coming. You you. I saw a graphic the other day about him. Um, like every one of his power play goals, it, it was is in that like every one. You know, it's coming, but you can't stop it. Uh, so it's you know a little different, uh, but you, you get the gist of it with Kreider. Um, you know, just he found the niche, he found a spot, and and is just you know reaping the benefits. It's just great to see, and you know he's happy, he's confident. Uh, you know, the, the, it's it's just really really great to see. I mean, yeah, it should have happened years ago, but we're here now. That's the important part. We're here now, um, and you know we're just we just got to be very very confident and very very just joyous going into the all-star break here. Uh, we will, you know, should be nice and healthy when, uh, when we come out of it. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a coin. Are they playing with house money or are they on the clock? You know, I don't, uh, you know, I think they were playing with house money early on, but now, you know, you get to a point in the season where like, all right, well, if we're going to consider them legit contenders through the first half, then, you know, it's not house money anymore, is it? Um, you know, I don't think they – I don't think not winning the Cup this year would certainly not be a disaster. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. Um, but, you know, we're no longer in uh, – you know, in the beginning of the season, we were in, uh, you know, like I think they can compete for, for a wild card uh, mode, and clearly they are better than that. Um, it's It'll be very, very exciting last uh, – you know, 35, whatever yeah, games they got left. Uh, it's just 
it's 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 a fun ride is, is what it is for the first time in you know four or five years it, it's it's a fun ride especially going into the second half where we know we're not playing for draft picks and we know we are playing for a playoff spot and uh i just you know i hope that they're not overachieving that's that's the biggest thing i just i uh you know i know that this is only the first year and it's only going to get better i you know that's that's the beauty of it um, but I just I hope that they're not overachieving, and I'm I'm hoping that like they are legit. Like this record is, you know. Well, I think I've quoted quoted the great Bill Parcells a few weeks ago. I'm going to say it again. Uh, you are what your record says you are. So let's hope that they are. Shout out to Scott, man. Thank you very much, sir. All your final thoughts, man. Carl, uh, your final thoughts, man, on the blue shirts, man. Feel free to fire away, and then of course, Ranger proud. You know, the one thing I'm looking at um, as we get these last 30-plus games of the year, I noticed that they're playing Carolina and Pittsburgh seven of those times. Um, so that's going to be something that to, to look out for um, as we try to project towards the end of April and when the postseason starts. Them and Pittsburgh looks like they're two, separated by two points as it stands going into tonight. Or no, after tonight's game, actually. So between them and it looks like the first round, if, if the Rangers don't move up, and I don't anticipate it because I think Carolina is, is, is still a much better team, but I think we're looking at a Ranger-Penguin situation developing and whether or not we get the home ice advantage or Pittsburgh does, those four games will pretty much determine that. But one thing we should probably look out for is how, and it was mentioned earlier, how Igor is going to be deployed the rest of the way. I figure if we're talking about trying to lessen, lessen his workload, in terms of games played, then Georgiev has to get a, you know, a portion of these games, you know, out of the 35, let's say is 10 to 12, a fair number. I don't know the answer, but I feel like that should be around the number that he would get. That way you just sort of lessen the load and, and allow Igor to be able to have a, a fresh sort of, you know, body ready to go at the end of April um, when the postseason starts, that the Rangers are fortunate to, you know, to continue to play as well as they have been and, and, and get there. Oh, man. Carl, at the Cenos on Twitter, give him a follow. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you for joining on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. And, of course, RP, your final thoughts. Um, if anything you're writing, man, I'm going to need something to read this week, man. I'm enjoying this, man. And Scott uh, caught up on my show. So this is, this is going to be a nice, peaceful break for me, man. But, RP, your final thoughts. Well, here's the weird thing we're just talking about with the Ranger goaltending. Once they come back from this long break, just glancing quickly at the schedule, it looks like most of the schedule consists of three to four games a week and seven days easily. You figure there's about eight, eight and a half weeks left in the play, in the regular season, all of February and all of March and a couple of weeks in April. So let's just say there's eight weeks left. You figure... Gorgiev would start at least once in those, let's call them four, four out of seven game segments. So are we thinking that Gorgiev is only going to get eight more starts this year? I think Gorgiev is going to have to win at least 13 or 15 more games for the Rangers to continue what they're doing because everyone's starting to win. And you want to keep that distance in the top four. So, Am I saying that Chesterkin is going to end up with 35 wins on this season? And would he or would he not be fresh for the playoffs? I personally don't think you can worry about him being fresh or not for the playoffs. I think you got to play him, like I've been telling, I've been saying, especially with the way 
Gorgiev is lacking in confidence right now, and the team in front of him seems to be lacking in confidence when he plays, that you're going to have to just keep playing Gorgiev at least, I don't know, or excuse me, let's flip it the other way. Gorgiev is going to have to play maybe one game a week, which he's not even doing now in order to make all this work. There's a lot of games with this condensed schedule because it was set up for an Olympic schedule. The Rangers got a little lucky because they don't play many games in February. I mean, after tonight, they only have six games for the entire month. Well, you look at the Islanders, because I just saw their schedule on television, and it looks like they're playing every other night for the entire month of February because of all the makeup games they had. So I think what we also have to remember is, as well as teams like Carolina's playing and the Capitals are playing and the Penguins are playing, the schedules are going to dictate a lot of ups and downs because everyone's playing this ridiculous condensed schedule right now. So it's hard to sort of predict where anyone is going to land because you're going to have injuries involved, you're going to have more fights, majors, uh, suspensions. There's a lot of condensed games and a lot of stuff that's going to be going on in the next eight weeks. The only positive, guys, is there's no more COVID situation because as of tonight, they stopped testing asymptomatic players. Well, at least for the Rangers, it was tonight. In your last game before the All-Star break, you no longer are tested unless you have a symptom. So other things are going to change, guys. There's no more taxi squad. So all those guys are going back down to the AHL and all the teams. So there's a lot going on from now, you know, until they really get back into a groove, which won't be until the end of February. So I just think you just go balls to the wall. You can't worry about how fresh you are going into the playoffs until you've locked in your playoff spot. And this division, that might come down to the last week regardless because, like Carl said, you're going to be battling for home ice somewhere, probably against the Penguins unless the Rangers get really hot and the Hurricanes fall off their pace. Uh, so we're just going to see what happens. Steve, I don't have that many stories lined up because my job is killing me at work right now, but I'll keep getting something out there for you, hopefully, on the weekend. Keep following Ranger Pride on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, Dan, we're playing some good hockey. It's a great time to be a Ranger fan, boys. Yes, sir. You're right about that, man. Shout-outs to RP and uh, Ranger Pride on Twitter, Facebook, uh, IG, and RFC as well. RP, my final thoughts and as we wrap up, uh, in the question, I was thinking about it, are the Rangers overachieving? That's a very good question, Henry. you got to go case by case by each individual player. I'm going to say yes with an asterisk. I hate to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm like backtracking, double speaking, because the Chris Carter thing was the bonus thing on this. Uh, well, that's the bonus. That's the one thing I did not see. You know, the production offensively. And I think a lot of it was the domino effect of rounding out especially the bottom six with the physicality. Even when Sammy Blay got out for the year with the ACL injury, they they filled that in nicely, either with Morgan Barron or Greg McKegg. And when Ryan Reeves came back, I mean, they keep the physicality out. You see Gougier out there with his speed. They have a complete – and they get, to me, they got a complete team. They have a complete, well-rounded team. And I think because, okay, we could say this about Kreider, and I'm not trying to make him excuses. You know I love Kreider, and I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, pro bono for him. But I think a lot of those, you know, those years, those four or five-year period Scott was referring to, 
you know, that bottom six was suspect, and Kreider kind of did a lot of two-way hockey. We, you know, doing a lot more hitting than you probably want him to do. Now he could just play in front of the net like we're seeing him do now. Maybe that's kind of the the uh, the domino effect of adding the Barclay Goudreau. I mean, I think that's the key move right there in the offseason. Getting a, a Stanley yeah. Cup champion, guy who who does it all, kind of a well, you know, kills, uh, face-offs, and, and, and um, the offense, defense. He does it all. And that third-line center is making up for what Hito wasn't doing for those couple of years. And that's not no knock to Hito because you know I love Hito. And you would like to see him get going or if, if we got to package him and calculate to go for a run to get that defenseman we guys were talking about, that might be the move, man. You never know. Because maybe you're looking at uh, Chris Drury and they say, hey, man, we got something here. If we could package somebody to get that last defenseman or somebody on that bottom six or even the top six forward to go along with uh, – uh, I don't know if they're going to believe in Capacalco when he gets back. Or maybe Hunt's actually doing a good job with that strong line. Uh, you know, you could put a Panera with anybody. It doesn't really matter. So I'm going to say, yes, they are kind of overachieving because I didn't think Cry- – it's not a breakout season, Scott. Don't shoot me, man. This, I think this domino effect shit is really playing beautiful as far as how we're playing complete hockey, all all lines. And then you already knew this. The defenseman, I'm always a fan of those guys, even when Lindgren was out for a little bit. Even Fox is now out for some short time. Keandre Miller and Truber are playing very good top defenseman player. And that's, that's a carryover from last year because they're building a rapport since last year. So a lot of that was rapport getting used to each other, new coach, then also getting some real hockey players, Stanley Cup champion type players on the roster. So I could, you know, lead it in the way we do. Yeah, but RP, I don't want to sound like I'm jinxing this shit because it seems like the Rangers have this bad break. Somebody had gets injured or you had the scandal with like Panarin last year that really screwed up when we were chasing Boston last year in that 55-game year. But so far, so good, knock on wood. Let's just continue to keep the things going, man. That's it for us, man. Uh, shout out to both Scott, Scotty B, Scotty Nice, uh, Glenn, Carl, RP, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We'll be back on next week. There's no game. So we want to just talk hockey, just talk blue shirts. If you want to talk some NHL All-Star break, I'll probably watch maybe one or two competitions. I'm not really an All-Star guy. Are you guys All-Star guys? I'm not really an All-Star guy like that, man. I've been, I've been no. an All-Star guy like that. Nah, nah, nah. Really, like, I used to yeah, be we'll, not so much anymore. Yeah, I, I would just we'll just come on and just talk some blue shirts, uh, midway point, and we'll see. And who knows? Maybe some news between now and next week. We'll talk about it, but definitely be on two weeks from here anyway. Post game versus the Bruins. All right, so I'm gonna ask you, ladies and gentlemen, Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?